0: And welcome to a special midweek interview edition of Out of Left Field. I'm Charlie Winfield. Bart Gregory is traveling today. But we wanted to do things a little bit differently this week. It's a super regional. We wanted to talk about the games, obviously. But it's also 21 years after Notre Dame came here for one of the more memorable regionals that we've ever had. It was that 2000 regional that Mississippi State, in an elimination game, gets the ninth inning walk-off home run from Ty Martin, to advance to the Super Regionals against a very tough Notre Dame team. We've talked with Steve Stanley, who is the center fielder on that team. We'll be sharing that interview hopefully tomorrow. But we wanted to catch up with the Notre Dame player that fans still remember 21 years later, the catcher Paul O'Toole. He was on the all-regional team. But the thing that people remember about him, he got caught in a little dust-up with MSU outfielder Philip Willingham at home plate and kind of became the villain and embraced it and carried all the way through the tournament. So, we're going to visit with Paul O'Toole and relive that 2000 regional. Let's go to the phones and the guy that I've been really excited to talk to, catcher at Notre Dame on that 2000 baseball team that came to Starbucks for the regional, Paul O'Toole. Paul, thanks for joining in with us.
1: Charlie. Thanks for having me. I really, really appreciate it. You know, I was going to give it a second there and, and wait for everyone to start booing me. Uh, <laughs> I thought you might put in that sound effect. So thanks for having me.
0: You say that it's interesting. I was sitting around this past summer with a couple of good friends. We started going through visiting teams that have come for regionals here at Mississippi State. We got talking about opposing players, and we got to think about 85, Barry Larkin came in, 87, Robin Ventura Kind of the guy everybody remembers from '97, a guy named Chris McGruder, who we talked to last week, and then we hit 2000, and it was everybody started laughing, and it was that expletive O'Toole, <laughs> <laughs> and it was this just classic deal of everybody wanting to hate a guy, but they just couldn't bring themselves to do it. Did you did you feel the love hate relationship?
1: You know, it was amazing that that really that entire weekend. But obviously, the collision we had at home plate with Mr. Willingham and everything, obviously afterwards that happened. It was yes. I mean, initially you felt it. I was not I think I was public enemy number one, which is understandable. Uh, it wouldn't be the first time on the baseball field where. I may have let my emotions get the best of me, but that's just how I've always played. But it was great to see. And, and you know, as as the weekend went on and, and we, we continued to battle, I could sense, as you said, kind of the love a little bit, the respect, let's say. Maybe not so much love, but definitely the respect for not just my game, but our team and the way we battled. So it's definitely one of the highlights of my playing career. My parents still talk about the entire weekend, the entire experience, and it was just great to be part of that weekend for sure
0: a lot of guys see the gold helmets, the shiny uniforms, and they think about Notre Dame being a flashy team, being a team that's privileged and soft. That was a just a blue-collar, hard-working baseball team.
1: Yeah, you know, we had a great core group of seniors that year. That was my sophomore year, and we had A great core group that that I came in with and Steve Stanley and and Andy Bushy and Ken Meyer, uh, Drew Duff, some others that that were able to contribute that weekend. And that's just how I've always played. I just was kind of a a blue collar kid that grew up in Cleveland, Ohio, had three older brothers that would always pick on me. So we just kind of scratched and clawed. And that was really the makeup of our team there. And clearly uh, we we clawed, just came up a little bit short at the end.
0: Talking with Paul O'Toole, he was the catcher for Notre Dame in that 2000 regional. Paul, you go back. You guys open the regional here with an 8-1 to one win over Tulane, who, by the way, one of their star players, Jake Gotro, now an assistant coach with Mississippi State. Oh, but,
1: okay, yeah.
0: So then you guys come in, second-round game. It's the winner's bracket game. Mississippi State gets the 8-1 to one win. Mark Freed pitched for Mississippi State. You guys just couldn't get a lot going. So you go to the loser's bracket, and – Boy, talk about a lot of strange events in one weekend. You guys are down five to nothing, and all of a sudden there is a weather stoppage, a tornado within a mile of campus, and yeah. nothing going at all right for you guys. There's a long weather delay, and then you guys come back from the weather delay, a different team.
1: Yeah, talk about that entire weekend. Just so many different events kind of were thrown at us. But yeah, I want to say we were down maybe six to one going into the seventh inning and didn't get back on the field. After that rain, that tornado delay until close to midnight, I want to say. So that was already a long day. And to come out of that, being down six to one, then just digging deep and finding a way to to claw back and score nine unanswered runs, I think it was. I think we finished what, 10 to six with the final on that one and just have so many different guys contributing. Again, just kind of goes back to the makeup of our team and to be able to, to battle back and and say, we don't want this season to end, not tonight. So, yeah, that was a long night. I don't think that game wrapped up so close to 2 a.m., if I it, recall.
0: Yeah, it was almost 2 Eastern time, which was how a lot of your guys were wired. It was 12.55 yeah. in the morning. Then you guys have to bus it over to Columbus, where you're staying about 30 miles away, come back for Sunday, and all of a sudden you're playing again at noon, so you've barely had any time. And by the way, give you some credit—you actually had a bases-loaded walk, kind of, and a double in that ball game against Tulane. Kind of got things going. But I want to talk about Sunday because Notre Dame comes in; they've got to beat Mississippi State twice, and they send a guy to the mound, Danny Tamayo. He'd thrown 23 innings all year. Fifteen yeah. months earlier, had Tommy John surgery, and this guy comes out uses his changeup, and has a no-hitter going into the seventh. You guys went at 7 to nothing. What do you remember about Danny Tamayo on that day?
1: Man, that was a fantastic performance by by Danny. I just remember, you know, he was a three-pitch guy, and his changeup was always a plus pitch. But when when he could really lock in is when he got that 12-6 curveball going as well. And, and that was always in the back of hitters' minds. So I just remember after that first inning, really after the bullpen session to warm up, I could see that he was locked in. And as you mentioned, he had gone through a lot with, with the Tommy John the previous year and, and, and battling back and finally getting healthy towards the end of, the, of that season. He obviously wanted to contribute. He knew what was on the line. We had such a long day the, the night, uh, you know, the day before the long game, obviously. He just wanted to give our staff a rest and, and boy, did he do so. Um, he, he pitched a gym. I don't know if he had a no hitter, maybe going through the sixth or seventh. I want to say, but he was, yeah, he was locked in, and every every you know pitch I was putting down there, he was executing, and that that was we needed that.
0: That ball game, you hit the home run, and the Notre Dame article on it says that you hit it far enough out to right that there was no danger of anybody throwing it back. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> do you uh, do you remember that at bat by any chance?
1: I remember it was a tough lefty, but the the funny thing is, I always hit lefties better than righties. I have no idea why. I I could just track the ball better, and I of course remember walking up to the chorus of booze, and then and Jen just locking in, and it was a I believe it was just a high fastball that I just took. I just got a good good swing on, Um and you know it was one of those you you know you knew it right as soon as you hit it. And I'd like to say I planned it that way. I wanted to hit it over the trees so nobody could throw it back, uh, which is the tradition there at duty. So, yeah, I remember that one. He had a. I remember the pitcher had a really good breaking ball, and I just happened to jump on a fastball. I was kind of sitting on the fastball.
0: So you guys get the win, and all of a sudden it sets up, to me, one of the most epic games that's been played at this field, at Duty Noble Field here in Starkville. Mm-hmm. Because it's a game where you guys fall behind and come back four different times. You individually had a, well, you had a huge day. You had a home run, a couple of doubles, a couple of singles, but then had that big game as well. You guys had to be spent going into that final game.
1: Absolutely. I mean, we knew we were going to be throwing multiple pitchers. It was going to be by committee. You know, we were pretty much running on fumes at that point. So but like I's kind of going back to the to the makeup of our team, we just we just never quit. So we we knew we were going to have to score runs just cuz the way that the pitching was was going to shake out. And that's that's the difficulty in any regional as you see it obviously this past weekend if if you lose that second game and you got to kind of battle your way back through the losers bracket, you're going to have to win a game in an interesting fashion and we came close. We certainly came close. But just to see so many different guys contributing that maybe were midweek starters or or would participate, would pitch in midweek games, just jumping in and, and, you know, doing it on the big stage down there. It was, I was proud, proud of all my teammates, proud of of the way we fought. Again, just unfortunately, we we ended up on the the short end of the the outcome for sure. Well,
0: I'll tell you the guy I remember that weekend, a guy named John Corbin, because he throws 98 pitches in that ball game that goes past midnight, and That's then is right. back on the mound basically later the same day pitching again. I, I thought he had some great performances out of the bullpen.
1: Yeah, you know, he was an absolute bulldog on the mound all year for us as our closer. You know, he, he's he's the type of pitcher, you know, he, he gave me instructions. He's like, I want you to throw the ball back to me as hard as you can between every pitch. He just had that closer mentality. So I just, you're right. He threw, what, five innings, I think, the night before. And for him to have anything left in the tank to come out in that that final game was was obviously a testament to to his uh, ability to compete and his willingness to get out there. But, yeah, just unfortunately, we... uh, we left a, a nice little fastball out over the plate for Ty Martin to end the game, unfortunately.
0: <laughs> well, well, I'll ask you about that in just a second. I want to ask you this, yeah. though. I thought it was, We've talked a lot here at Mississippi State. We had a very good team in 1985. Will Clark, Rafael Palmero, Jeff Brantley, Bobby Thigpen. A lot of guys had a lot of big-time major league careers. And the thing that we go back to was 1983, And in 1983, that group, when it was young, had to go on the road for a regional. They went to Austin, had to play Roger Clemens and Calvin Chiraldi, who were at the University of Texas. We ended up losing in the final game. We were in the spot where we had to be beaten twice. Texas does it. But as we sat around in 1985, a lot of those guys will tell you that the roots of that College World Series team were kind of planted back in 1983 and that experience two years earlier. It's interesting to see the parallel. Notre Dame makes the College World Series in 2002, just two years later. And I'm wondering, you see see guys, Stavisky, Steve Stanley, Bill Meyer. You see all these names on that 2002 roster who are young guys here in Starville. It was interesting, too. You guys had a reunion, and Paul Maneri talked about this doesn't feel like it was a one-year thing. It feels like this was a several-year process. Even though it didn't come out the way you wanted do you see some things that maybe got planted, maybe got learned in 2000 that helped you guys put it all together two years later?
1: Absolutely, Charlie. You know that that's a great point, and and just kind of reflecting back on on that season. You know, I mentioned the seniors that were on that team and, and the great leadership that they sh- they showed my class specifically. You know, the uh, Steve Stanley and, and Bushy and others. But we had never really been on that big of a stage before. I shouldn't say we never really have. We had never been on a, a college baseball stage like that before. I mean, that is the mecca of college baseball down there. And Coach Maneri did a great job preparing us or at least letting us know what we're about to walk into. But until you're down there, until the first pitch happens and you're in the heat of the battle, and not only that, but everything that was happening beyond that, just the, the, the warm welcome we received and, you know, my, my dad was having a great time out in the left field lounge and getting fed some great food. The whole atmosphere was just something we'd never experienced before. So it really helped us to up our game, not just that weekend, but in the off season to you know, say, hey, we want to get back there, but we want to go a little bit further. So I I think you're, you're right in that that was kind of a jumping off point for our program to really take that next step. You know, we had a handful of guys, uh, it was me with Stavisky and Stanley that went on to the Cape Cod league that summer had, had great summers and another guys that went to other, you know, collegiate summer leagues that had great summers. And then it rolled into the fall and that next year, you know, at, at one point, I think we were ranked number one in the country with, you know, with Heilman and Tamayo one, two in our, starting rotation there and and yeah i think it just all culminated in that 2002 tournament run you know and then going down to florida state in the super regional another another great experience and and venue we met we didn't feel that was too big of a stage for us when we went we went down and knocked them out in the super regional to ultimately make it to to omaha so yeah absolutely can, can point to that 2000 regional in Starkville as uh, a great way for – we really matured as a team and, and realized where we wanted to get to and realized kind of what's out there in terms of, you know, the, the top baseball programs in the country.
0: It's been 21 years, and it seems like it was a week ago to me. It was such an incredible weekend of baseball. The Time Martin home run, Steve Stanley's going back, thinks he's got a play on it. That ball was, was out pretty good. Stanley, you know, just crashes into the wall. A couple of guys uh, hopped the fence, and I was standing right where Steve Stanley hit the wall. I actually was one of the guys that jumped the fence, walked all the way back to the dugout with Steve Stanley. No kidding. And I had a chance to tell him that on a phone call not too long ago because he was telling the story about, hey, I remember some guys picked me up. It was kind of cool because I was like, yeah, I was the guy on your left. (laughs) But... I go back, and, and I remember walking in. The point of the story is not just to say that I walked with him, but that as I'm walking, I'm seeing this mix of things taking place. Obviously, the Mississippi State players are excited. There's a crowd rushing the field. But as much as that, there were guys embracing Notre Dame players and standing by your dugout, giving applause, meeting you at the bus yeah. as you were leaving. I have yeah. to. I tell people all the time, it really is one of the most – surreal experiences you really have to be there because words can't capture what that was like not just in celebration but in appreciation for notre dame as well
1: yeah you're you're exactly right and it was just obviously we were we were heartbroken um right after that home run and and you're right I, I knew it was gone as soon as it left the bat but Steve Stanley's never going to give up on a ball if he if he can try to get there but, but you're right just the whole experience for maybe 45 minutes maybe an hour afterwards on the field with you know your fans our fans I I know uh, my dad said the, the president of, of the universe of your university came up made a point to come up to him and just say how much he respected how we, our team battled and, and, uh, and how I battled out there and, and obviously throughout the weekend but it was, it was a, such a memorable experience afterwards and, and it continued too. I, I, I still have a stack of emails and letters that were sent to our baseball office in the following weeks that were sent to Coach Maneri that he shared with the team from, from Bulldog fans. Just saying how much they, they enjoyed the weekend and how much they respected the way we competed out there. And I still have actually just pulled it out of my little, uh, <laughs> my memorabilia drawer looking, looking through it. And, you know, that, that doesn't happen everywhere. You know, it's such a special place, Starkville is. And, and all the people down there were so welcoming and truly respect the game of, of baseball that they, they saw. Obviously, you saw it, it was just such a, a memorable regional. It was. It's great, great feeling. One of my, as I mentioned, one of my, my favorite memories of all time, kind of in my playing career. So, still gives me chills.
0: Notre Dame coming back 21 years later, this time for a super regional. What's your message to the Notre Dame guys as they head down to Starble?
1: It's one of those things where you you can be told what it's going to be like, but you're not going to really know what it's like until you're there when you know that first pitch is thrown. So, I would say just play your game. Focus on what you can control, there's a lot of potential distractions around, obviously, with the crowd and the 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 light kind heckling that may happen. <laughs> but it's all in it's all in good fun. If you can feed off of that energy, which I'd like to think I did, you can really you can really step up your game and and they have a shot if anything can happen in baseball, that's the beautiful thing about this game. Anything can happen, you know they're hot, you know don't don't get too high coming off of that great regional performance they just had. Obviously, their bats were working pretty well. But just keep, keep battling. Keep battling, never quit, and anything can happen. So that that would be my mes- message to this team, and hopefully they can keep it rolling. <laughs> hopefully well, for me at least.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Paul, it's been 21 years. I put out a picture yesterday. I sent out a tweet, said we're going to be talking to a lot of guys this week. We've talked with Steve Stanley, want to visit with you. And I put out a picture. I just said we'll be talking to this guy. And I didn't have a caption, didn't have a name or anything. It was you in uniform. And I immediately got responses, you know, about who that yeah. is. And so one comment that I did get from somebody, they said, told you about Chris Magruder. They said, that guy played yeah. hard and loved it. They said, I think that Paul O'Toole was the first guy that came here and just embraced being the villain, that he just yeah. fed off of it. Is, is that a fair description of how you played the game?
1: That is absolutely fair. I I think, and it may be cliche, but I I think I, I relish that underdog role. Maybe that's being the youngest of four boys. I don't know what it is, but I always needed that edge. And when that collision happened, and l- let me pause here, Charlie. So uh, I've also read some things around the collision, like I was trying to block the plate. I mean, I saw the size of Philip Willingham. There's no, I'm, I'm smart enough to, to know not to block the plate. Our shortstop hung me out to dry with his, his throw up the third baseline. So I was going for the ball and we just happened to collide. And, you know, in the heat of the collision, it's a little shoving back and forth. But we shook hands almost immediately and we were good. I thought the umpires actually handled it really well. I wasn't trying to block. Yeah, I wasn't trying to block the plate. I'm too smart for that. Yeah, he's a big dude.
0: Twenty-one years (laughs) later, you were throwing a high elbow at the face when the story is retold now.
1: (laughs) I figured it was. It turned into a big fish story where there's a couple extra extra things that happened, but but that's all that happened. But I, I, I I enjoyed being being the villain, and I, yeah, definitely, I kind of got in the zone. You know, you just talk about getting in the zone and. And playing well I, after that I was just feeding off the energy of the crowd I really enjoyed it so great memory for sure.
0: Well you had a lot of big plays you scored from first on a double You I mean you did all sorts of things in that series I think you had five hits on the final day and like I said you're a guy that we still remember and all kidding aside remember fondly here at Starville it was a real pleasure to be able to speak with you and Thanks so much for taking the time.
1: Well, Charlie, thank you so much for having me. And again, just wanted to, to let all the fans there know that it was such a, a wonderful, memorable experience. And I know my parents still say it and others may say it, but they always say they weren't booing. They were saying, oh, <laughs> <laughs> Well, <you laughs> so know, I appreciate it.
0: <laughs> well, that, that's uh, I saw it on a message board the other day. Somebody had it spelled out exactly that way, so maybe they were on the side. Oh, subject. that's
1: funny. <laughs> there you go.
0: Well, Paul, thanks for your time. I really appreciate it.
1: Thanks so much, Charlie. You take care.
0: So, Paul O'Toole, Notre Dame catcher. Boy, how cool was that? A guy who was really one of the only people I remember absolutely turning a crowd from disliking him to well, at least respecting him. He was, he was a great player and, as we said, went on to be a part of a team that went to the College World Series two years after losing to Mississippi State. We're going to be talking to some more guys. We talked to Ty Martin yesterday as he called into our postgame wrap show as we were wrapping up the regional. We got Steve Stanley coming up later this week. He was the Notre Dame center fielder and, uh, and hopefully a number of other guys here on out of left field.
1: So thanks for listening and we'll talk to you here in the coming days.